Aw, yeah. You know what time it is. It's time to have a good time with Alex and Ryan. Leave your troubles and worries at the door and come on in. Good times with Alex and Ryan. My name's Ryan Sprague. You can follow me on any social media at Ryan W. Sprague. Alex, what's going on? You can follow me on Twitter at VanDollar15. You can follow me on YouTube at Alex Vanover. And you can follow me on the Instagram, my favorite social media, at Alex Vanover15. And Ryan, it's a big day today because we have a very, very special guest. Our first guest on we have this our program. Fr- well, Diana Sprague was the first oh. guest, but oh. this is our first guest that you haven't slept with, Ryan. <laughs> hey, do we know that? <laughs> yeah, dude, I Bam! Guess, hey, wow! I, should, I shouldn't have assumed right that. I shouldn't have assumed that. <laughs> we slept in the same RV one time. <laughs> uh, hey, special guest today, Mike Richardson, former Banger Bearcat, former North Bend Junior High Bull Pup, and former North Bend High School alum and 2001 Boy of the Year, Michael John Richardson, has joined the Good Times Gang podcast. Oh, give it up, give it up, give it up. Man, I feel good about myself. <laughs> hey, uh, before we get going too far, you all, all you uh, Good Times Gang people, make sure to uh, hit that subscribe, follow, or whatever program you're on. And uh, also hit for post notifications, which, uh, like on YouTube, is ringing that bell. Hey, Mikey, Mikey, t- the yeah. people in the chat are telling you to turn your mic up. Well, I'm trying. Let's see. We'll keep going up. I'll just talk loud. Or hold <laughs> the piece to your mouth or whatever you want to do. We'll, we'll go like this. How about that? That is way better. Okay, guys. We're ready to roll. We're ready All right, to Ryan. And roll. Okay, let's get Ryan, started. What episode are we doing today, buddy? We're doing an episode on junior high. Oh my god, <laughs> Ryan, uh, Mike, what do you think? Uh, what do you think? Was junior high a better experience than grade school? What are you thinking? Absolutely, <laughs> not for me. <laughs> you know, Ryan, I was blessed to meet Alex in grade school, but really got to hang out with him when we started doing junior high. So it was an exciting time for me. So I'm, this is, this is going to be a fun episode. I'm ready. For this. <laughs> All right. I'm ready for this. <laughs> Ryan, when, uh, when you were in junior high, you had just finished cleaning the milk off your face and getting the pee out of your pants when you showed up there. Huh, bud? <laughs> yeah, well, Oh, maybe. Cause you know, I try, I, I tried out for the football team and maybe I was the, those type of kids and I was on the B team and basically, basically, uh, all we did in practice was run around and, and someone would tackle me and they would try to treat me like that kid. But, you know, I was also strong, so it didn't really work for them because I would swim a lot and I was pretty muscular. But yeah, you had that Snickers candy bar power. You were just like constantly filled up on Snickers. So you were able to hold off the attacks. Is that what you're saying? Pretty much. <laughs> Mike, hey, Ryan, Mike is famous in junior high football. Mike pulled a big-time move on uh, Mr. Johnson in seventh grade. He actually, yeah, he chose a trip to the Magic Kingdom over a game against Millicoma. Mike, why don't you tell the Good Times audience (laughs) about that? Yeah, so I had a chance to go to Disneyland or practice, so I didn't go to practice and didn't play. (laughs) 
And the best part is uh, this will tell you that we're in a different time period. As soon as I got back, the first day I was back at practice, they did the Oklahoma drill on me. So, you know, as you know, <laughs> that would not be something you could do to kids these days. They'd probably get arrested. But uh, <laughs> I'm afraid to ask. <laughs> Mike, Mike showed up to the practice with the, with the mouse ears and a big uh, – you know, elephant ear, and he's like, "Hey guys, I'm ready for the game." Baby. <laughs> I, w- I walked out of the tunnel like Rudy does in his last practice, but there was no clapping or cheering. Was really- <laughs> They're like, "That ready. son of a bitch is back. We're gonna fit him into the rotation." <laughs> we had a great time with Mickey. <laughs> uh, yeah, he I walks know. out. He's like, "M I C K E Y M O U S E." Oh, he was like this. B-E-N-C-H-E-E, I am benched, benched again. Hey, uh, so Mike Mike was actually on the poopy list with me for a while because of that trip because he uh, he took Anthony to Disneyland instead of me. And oh. Yeah, that, I, I know. But you know what, Ryan? Hindsight's twenty twenty because, you know, there's no way I could have afforded that trip to begin with. So <laughs> Mike made the right decision without having to embarrass me so <laughs> way to go mike nice well, job don't worry there's many years of trips to not bring you on <laughs> <laughs> there's I'm plenty of more trips in the future <laughs> that i won't invite you to. <laughs> uh well no the trip we took to wrestlemania in san jose mike was actually oh you guys went oh yeah we went we to did. wrestlemania oh, and it was cool. actually uh pretty cool uh because mike you know, let me go on this trip. But during the trip, he wouldn't actually let me stop anywhere I wanted to be at. <laughs> so we had, Mike had to just keep that little bit of control over me, uh, you know, during the trip, because he's been doing it since we were 12. So that's good. It's kind of, <laughs> it's kind of gone, gone down in, in friendship history, that entire trip did. <laughs> That'll be for another podcast. But Ryan, man, entering, uh... entering the chat, <laughs> entering the chat. We have a, we have a four way chat right now. We're, we're talking about junior high. Papa Dom himself has joined the Good Times game. <laughs> what in the bottom right of the screen, Papa Dom from What's for Dinner podcast has entered the chat, entered the show to talk about junior high. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you. Well, gentlemen, first off, it wouldn't be a good time unless I got my good time. Oh, no. Hell yeah. Heck yeah. <laughs> Dude, take a photo, dude. We need to Woo! post that on the website. I will. So you guys won me over because I lo- I'm a sucker for a long sleeve t-shirt. I love long sleeves. You can put a you can put anything on that long sleeve and I will wear it because I just I don't know. I think they look good with shorts or pants. Um you could sleep in them. Like <laughs> it's a multitask shirt. So thank you for that. Domingo, is your name Amateur Hammaker? <laughs> I'm, I'm full of surprises. Yes, it is. Oh, my God. Uh, dude, so, Ryan, so, I think... So, so, so Domingo, am, or, what, what do you want to go by? Amateur Hammaker? Or Please. <laughs> we're back well, in North Bend, guys. Just call me Domingo. Okay. All right, all right. All right, you were actually scheduled for the next episode. Hey, he's fine. You Dom, we're yeah, having he, good times. Hey, Ryan. <laughs> Right, I'm making an executive decision. I need your backing. Dude. You're awesome, dude. We're, I want we're just, both. I want I'm just both letting you know guys. what's going on and why we're laughing so much. Right, I want both these guys for the next episode. It's awesome, dude. It's okay. 
I'm early. My bad. <laughs> no, you're good. You're no, good. dude. I, awesome. hey, I love it, dude. We're, hey, we got we have three different classes, by the way. Me and Mike are 01. Ryan's 02. Domingo, you were 2003. 2003. <laughs> okay. Well, dude, we got like sophomore, junior, senior class. We do. And hey, man, the good thing about this is I was actually taking sophomore classes as a senior. So Domingo and I had a bunch of classes. Together. <laughs> you know. I felt like I followed in your footsteps, Alex, because when I was a senior, I had classes. <laughs> I was like, I can't be bothered with class when I can take this three years down the road for the third time. Get the hell out of my face. Math, must, math wasn't my strongest subject. <laughs> <laughs> Ryan, Ryan, dude. So let's, let's, get into, uh, let's get into junior high a little bit, dude. Let's talk, about, let's talk about everybody's plan, just like we did with high school. Let's talk about each one of our plans when they got into junior high. What were you hoping to achieve and what were you scared of? Domingo, let's we'll start with you. <laughs> well, my plan wasn't what I did, but <laughs> my brother was a year ahead of me and uh, he, was in Ryan, he was in Ryan's grade. And I left all of my friends from, junior, from grade school to go hang out with my eighth grade brother. <laughs> <laughs> and then I met some other kids from different schools because, I, yeah, I left all my Bearcats behind like a giant jerk. <laughs> <laughs> left all the Bearcats to just rot in the asbestos-filled building that got condemned a couple years later. Yeah. I don't know what you guys got. Like, <laughs> no. Mikey. Oh, yes. Wait, go ahead. Go ahead. Go yes. ahead, Dom. I don't really know what my, my go-to plan was. Just, like, don't suck. I mean <laughs> – Watch the Wonder Years. You saw how Kevin Arnold handled the first day with this boy. Like, you don't want to be, you don't want to suck. And like, I mean, I remember a lot of people. I guess remember because I'd always say yada yada yada. Which, I mean, it's what I did. I guess. <laughs> a lot of Seinfeld like, influence, huh? Yeah, believe it or not, dude, Mikey, Mikey. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So I remember when we started junior high. I had I was super super nervous about remembering my locker combination. Yes, I remember So <laughs> my mom told my brother to like, go take Alex over there and make sure he can open his, you know, GD locker or it's your ass. So the whole time we go over there, Aaron's pissed. He's got to walk me over there and he's pissed. He's showing me how to open the locker super fast. And then I, 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 I didn't remember how to do it, obviously, because he didn't show me very quick, you know, well. And then of course I screwed it up the next day and, uh, couldn't get into my freaking locker, even though my brother got in there and put my stuff in there. So I wasn't able to get my books or anything that was in there from the prior what a day. Nightmare. Yeah. So I was going to cl- I was going to the first class with no books because I I couldn't open it because my brother opened it and I didn't know how to do it. So I had to have like you know hey you know Mr. Forster you know can you please you know open this locker for me because I'm an idiot on my first day. Uh, that was a terrible situation mike did you have any luck with opening your locker the first day? you know you had me so freaked out about the locker combination <laughs> thing <laughs> i still remember my seventh and eighth grade locker combination what? <laughs> 1937 <laughs> 13 20 38 16 so i get the hell out of here <laughs> i was so freaked out because of you and then of course I, I was I didn't even want a chance putting stuff in my locker that first day, so I stuffed that backpack so full. It was like it was the Jansport made for kids that didn't remember their locker combination. It just jettisons that like fifteen feet behind you. You walk oh, way sideways. So you would carry all your books in the backpack. 
for at least a couple of days until I finally go, well, I'm going to try this locker thing. back in. Oh, my gosh. That is ridiculous. <laughs> Ryan, dude. Ryan, Ryan you, did you remember your combo or what? I don't remember my combo. What I remember is I was also scared <laughs> <laughs> because – I was like, man, we have to go to all these classes. How I'm yeah. gonna forget my classes, and I'm I'm gonna forget my combo, and I don't know where I'm going. <laughs> that's that's <laughs> the big real eight. world, guys. Yeah. That's the real world. It really is. <laughs> they pump fear into you at an early age. <laughs> Apparently, I was like, ah, it's like this big H, and luckily, like one big class was uh, one year was on one side, and one year was on the other, so it was a little yeah. harder to get lost, but. <laughs> I think I think my biggest memory memorable class was probably home ec. <laughs> home ec, home ec, the freaking class where Ryan Gall had this, when I walked in with green sweatpants and a red <laughs> shirt, and he said, "Ho ho ho, Vanover!" Didn't know it was Christmas in September, bud. <laughs> Just put me on blast. I've told this story many times, but it left a left a burning. Uh, image on like it was terrible man there was girls all over the place Ostie Wallace is on the corner Junior Ooh. Kaylee's over there freaking Jesse Stevens all these other girls and like Ooh. Ryan's just lighting me up in front of everybody I just look like a moron he really roasted you dude oh he roasted the living piss out of me dude um, so I remember my locker neighbors <laughs> He's just peeking over, like, hmm, in case. Did you, got, did you borrow sugar from them and stuff? Did you, how does that work? Tell me about yeah, that. Like, it hel- yeah, like Ryan said, like, I remember who's next to me, so I know that's my locker. Uh, <laughs> in eighth grade, Levi Wart was next, like, five away from me. And he'd always go, hey, neighbor number five. <laughs> <laughs> and it was just like, that's burnt in my mind. <laughs> and, like, to this day, I haven't talked to Levi in years. But, like, whenever we'd see each other, he'd be like, number five. Like, <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of neat to have that little, yeah, oh, catch that. <laughs> yeah. That was, yeah. But, and then in seventh grade, next to me was Katie Watson. I remember that. Ooh, that's not a bad neighbor to have back then, but. She came to visit me a few years ago here in Kansas. Really? Oh, cool. Yeah. That's, that's neat. Did well, she, she at least, did she, she bring some Genos, huh? <laughs> right? Jeez. She should have imported that. Um, well, no, she was visiting a friend on Fort Riley, which is 20 minutes away, and was like, how far are you away from there? And um, I was like, oh, 20 minutes. She's like, okay, I guess we're partying down in Aggieville. It's like, oh, I DJ down there. So that was fun to have, like, an old friend from back home come down to boogie down with me back in those days. Yeah. Yeah. So, so yeah, Domingo, well, yes. we, we, we didn't introduce you, like, too much. Like, where, where can we follow you, like? Working, oh. when yeah, and all that stuff. What are you doing? Like, you're doing influencer stuff and DJing and all that? Oh, I retired as a DJ after 11 years. Oh, I mean, due to racism in the office. Oh, no. Um, yeah, but I had a great career doing it uh, up until recently. But I'm mostly on Instagram and Snapchat because I think that's just the spot to, to be. I like to share my memories on Facebook, but Papa Dom the Beard on IG. I try to be as positive as uh, Mr. Van Dollar, if I can. <laughs> I just like sharing fun things. And um, I, the hashtag amateur hammocker, and I'm a, I'm a up and coming hammocker and aspiring tambourine player, um, disc golf enthusiast. Yeah. Hey, I just try to live golf. 
I, I'm just trying to live a, a fucking, excuse my language. Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> that's going to be, that's going to be hard to find. <laughs> I think we just have to put the explicit on this one. <laughs> yeah, I dropped the F-bomb earlier too. <laughs> but um, I just try to live a, a, like, I work a Monday through Friday cutting trees for a living and I love it. And it's helped me put me in shape and gain motivation back. And uh, yeah, so the weekends, I just want to spend my days outside hammocking and playing disc golf and playing tambourine. Awesome. Not all at the same time. <laughs> do you, uh, so do you make music since you were a DJ? Can you make music? Like as a producer? No, yeah. but I've got a pretty good ear. I could win, name that tune. I'm pretty certain rock and roll jeopardy. Yeah. Um, but um, I've, I can like, I have, what do I got here? I got some percussion. I got my tambourine. I got some Congo or some bongos. I got a shaker. I got a kabasa. So I try to bring a little spice to music. I've played in a band with my oldest brother when he lived out here years ago. We played like classic rock, but rock music. It was fun. Yeah. Um, but current, like as a DJ, like produce, production, no. I just, I, I love remixing music though. That's my thing. Yeah. Mikey, Mikey, dude, you were in the band in junior high, weren't you, buddy? Oh, yeah. I was a legend from a young age. <laughs> <laughs> what chair were you? What chair uh, were you? Well, definitely not first. I was always <laughs> kind of always like a third chair. Like I, I could play and I could read the music, but I was never – I didn't want to practice at home. Like it just okay. never anything I wanted to do. So it was like, I kind of got this figured out, but we're not going to – go beyond this i mean this isn't going to be a career path for me um, but we only got one remember we only got one elective our that was like the first time junior high is the first time we got an elective yeah so you had to pick something to take and i chose band that's I not a bad remember, choice yeah it's i don't remember the one elective thing i guess i must have chose like team sports or something i don't remember at all what i chose i have no idea what i chose home ec <laughs> art with mr conrad oh That's, you know what yes that was yours that yes was yours. i took art i took art with mr conrad um yeah. i remember dude i was in that art class when they used to have the special needs kids come in and do art class and i was washing i was washing out my utensils and one of the kids grabbed my arm with like super human strength man and like I was pretty sure he was gonna rip my arm off in that <laughs> art class, so Mr. Conrad was like, "Hey, you know, Ronnie, you know, don't, don't grab Alex's arm. You know, that's not cool, man." And then the kid just let my arm go. Mr. Conrad <laughs> was able to just diffuse the situation in one sentence. That was a really good Mr. Conrad. Impression. I was gonna say that's yeah. very impressive. He's all, "Hey, Domingo. Hey, uh, hey, buddy. Uh, did you finish your paper mache mask yet, buddy? Huh?" <laughs> He used hey, to have, in seventh grade art he had that one like photo or like piece of work that like he would write your name in it. It was all squiggly lines. Yes. And you would yes. color it. That was pretty rad. It was like um it you would you would start your name and you'd go around it and then the inside outlines would be colored black, right? Am I something, right on that? Something or other. I'm not sure. Calligraphy about or something like that? No, not calligraphy. It was like, a, it looked like a just a giant, it was made with one line. Okay. That was, that was the, I think the, the format of art there. <laughs> that was his way of just like, kids do this and shut the hell up while I'm doing something. I'm busy. I'm hungover as, as hell from the last night. Yeah. <laughs> 
Um, some of our teachers were drinkers. Now that I think about it, the Stoffels, I'm sure, were had their fair share. Mike, uh, I'm pretty sure Mr. Stoffel was uh, uh, partaking was, in some THC he was before a, it was legal. <laughs> He's a thespian, man. <laughs> Getting inspired. All his good ideas. Mike, what was the weirdest <laughs> hall pass that you had to use in junior high? What, like, oh, think back oh. to the hall passes. Oh, my gosh. You know, it, first of all, such a weird concept because Banger was like the ultimate just trustworthy spot. You could go anywhere. You could be like, oh, I need to go, go to the bathroom. No problem. You, you do that in junior high, there's a lot of questions. And <laughs> Maybe it's the other schools because, you know, is that our junior high was a combination of the four grade schools. And so yep. we had all these kids from North Bay and Hillcrest and Roosevelt and Bangor. And luckily for some of us, we did sports or extracurricular. So we knew some of the kids. But you also knew the kids that like, well, this guy's just, I'm not going to get caught around this guy. <laughs> this guy's up to no good. I can, I can just yeah. tell by where he sets at lunch. Yeah, he, he would never be in the good times game. <laughs> yeah, and, and, and the worst part is we were never wrong. Like, see, look back today, like, oh, man, that didn't, that didn't work out. But I would say probably the weirdest hall pass I had to use was when I was in Miss Hakama's class. You remember that one? Oh, yeah. She was a good Hakuma. basketball player. And yep. And I had to, I had to escort somebody from that class to the nurse's office area because they were vomiting just <laughs> profusely. And I was asked to take them. I don't know why I was asked, but I think it's because I was somewhere near them and didn't look completely scared. And so I had to walk them down the hallway as they just continued to throw up. Although I'm like, why is a kid walking another kid down the hallway? And as I'm as I'm coming back by, they've got that weird mint smelling powder stuff they're throwing all over the floor. You know, I remember that. Like it would it would pile up, and they would like sweep it up into the the room. If if, oh yeah, yeah, the bucket thing. It smelled like Pepto Bismol met sawdust. It was just (laughs) the worst, one of the worst smells ever. That was probably the the weirdest pass I had to take. What about you, Alex? Uh, I was gonna. I asked you that because when I was taking outdoor ed with Mr. Forster and Mr. Lucero, um, I had to like if you had to go to the bathroom, uh, you they would give you a hall pass. They totally trust you. But the problem is, they knew the hall pass they're giving you. You're not getting very far with this freaking thing. I got like a, a four point elk rack that was a te- that was the hall pass. So I'm walking to go to the bathroom carrying like a full like rack of antlers trying like through the hall trying to get to the bathroom there's nowhere to set that thing when you go into the bathroom and i'm taking crap from everybody as i'm walking down the hallway they're like oh there's vanover like that fat ass probably ate the whole elk before he went into the bathroom so i'm taking crap the whole time it's heavy and they know i'm not going anywhere with this damn thing but i just remember carrying that rack of antler uh you know whatever that was mr forrester Yes, for I remember, I remember he, he pulled the stunt. We were in uh we, we were in the PE, right? He was PE and he was like he's like he's like told this story about how he hit someone or something. He's like, Yeah, that was made up. I just did that to see how long I could go before someone told on me and it was about fifteen minutes. <laughs> <laughs> what a, you, dude, you could never get away with doing something like that nowadays. They like no. they just fire you. <laughs> It, when I was in seventh or eighth grade, there was a, a set of brothers that were also like one was in my grade, one was a year below us. 
Mr. Dismay smacked one of them with a ruler. You guys know exactly who I'm talking about. I know exactly yeah, the, the whole thing, man. Yeah. And like they, they made a big old stink about it. Uh, but yeah, nowadays you can't do that. Um, when I worked on Fort Riley here in childcare, I taught performing arts to kindergarten through fifth graders. Uh, you'd write up incident reports for these kids. And there's one time, and coincidentally, you said Ronnie, it was this kid named Ronnie. He got in trouble, was lipping off, and his mom came and talked to me about it. He interrupted his mom. She smacked him in the, this government building on Fort Riley, this military installation. She smacks him. There's cameras all over the place. I'm like, hey, you can't do that. She's like, call up the MPs. Like, that was the last time I saw someone hit a child in public, I think, in 2009. Jeez, man. 2008. Dude, Mr. Forster uh, Domingo is famous with Mike and I for yes. many, many reasons. And I'm yes. actually really glad we started talking about him because – we are going to call this segment uh, Mr. For Mr. Forster's uh, founding uh, whatever. I don't even know. This is just the Mr. Forster segment. Mike, Mike, tell Domingo and Ryan about the trip, how we got to go on the trip to Sutherland, yeah. Yeah. and what happened on the trip to Sutherland, because this is so, crazy. So it's funny you mentioned Sutherland, because we probably shouldn't have even gone there. <laughs> because, so, Ryan... Uh, you know, you guys have talked about your drives you've taken in the past and, you know, your, your fast, crazy trips. And if you were going to drive to Cottage Grove, what road would you take? Uh, you, you go up to the, to the, you go to five, right? You get to five and go down or. Uh, is that yeah. You're so gonna, you're, you're going to drive 38. Yeah. 38. Yeah. That's what I mean. Go that way. 38. Okay, so, yep, so you're yep. not going to drive an hour and a half out of the way south through Roseburg. <laughs> <laughs> no, so that's what we did. So wow. we, we took yeah. one of the, uh, we, used to call, <laughs> we used to call them the turds, the brown yeah. the, the activity the buses. Turds. Yep. And it had 12 seats on it. And we had 13 players on the uh, JV team we were on. We had so many JV basketball players that we actually had colors. So we were the blue team and there was the, <laughs> the yellow team. We were blue. Um, so we, there was about five of us who obviously were not good at basketball. Uh, I, I being one of those. And um, so Mr. Forrester offered a prize of whoever goes and gets me a diet Pepsi gets to go on this trip. And if you don't, you don't get to go. Oh, sounds like him. Totally. Use, use your money to go get me a diet Pepsi so you can go on this <laughs> basketball trip to ride the bench. So uh, <laughs> one kid, Kevin, Kevin Roberts, decided, well, I don't want to go anyway. So that, he made that easy. He just left. But we still got him a Diet Pepsi in hopes that it would give us some playing time. We take this crazy long drive, and he pointed out every restaurant, eatery, roadside stand, a place he had a snack, the whole entire trip. We get to Sutherland, and we stop at Taco Time. There's a Taco Time in Sutherland for a bathroom break. And he right by that tiger. Right by that tiger in Sutherland, the, the yep. statue. Oh, yeah, yeah. Or yeah. in Winston, sorry, in Winston. Winston, yeah. In Winston. Oh, and, Winston, and, yes. And he goes, nobody gets anything, but you can go to the bathroom here. So we all get out and go to the taco time and just go use the bathroom, except for one player. That was Mike Lowe. And Mike Lowe went in there and got himself, I don't know, Chris Meat Burritos, Chris <laughs> Meat Burritos, Jug of Sauce. Just taco, like, taco. Everything, everything he can get. and Mexi fries, large one. <laughs> Forrester sees him walking back towards the bus and he just immediately grabs the bag of food and says, thanks. 
Dude, Forrester was the man. He was pretty rough. Now that I think about all that, like he he did something with like I remember the Pepsi thing, like getting him a diet a diet Pepsi. He made Dave Varjon like run a lap as fast as he could once, so like the class could stop running or something. He he. Alex made a three pointer in that game and it hit the backboard and went in and being such a great guy and coach, he told him it was only worth two because he didn't call bank. (laughs) (laughs) It was like the only bucket I had made in the first like eight games too. Um, That's that's not even the best basketball forester story. Tell him, Mike, tell him about, tell him about the free throws. Oh gosh. So we were in practice and uh, he'd make us run if we didn't make all the free throws. So everybody had to line up and shoot a free throw and make one. And we were gassed. It, would, it was a long practice. And for some reason, 11 guys get up there and just bury a free throw. And we are just so happy that we get to end practice. We're so tired. And then poor Adam Kohler gets up there and just, I mean, it was miss after miss after miss. <laughs> After miss, lap after lap after lap. The other, my favorite Forrester basketball story though had to be when we did the postseason tournament. So the group of us, including Alex, who didn't get to play much and weren't very good, um, we were sitting on the bench. And when I think of when I think of great coach speeches, I think Vince Lombardi, Newt Rockney. And then there's Mike Forrester. He looked at us all in the eyes, looked us deep in the eyes, and he goes, you five, I'm starting you. Alex, you're point guard. You complain about not getting the ball, you're going to have it the whole time. When you're down 10, I'm calling timeout. You guys are benched. And then he put us in the game. And he That's lied. And he lied because it was 12 nothing when he called timeout. <laughs> I couldn't was... even get the ball up court. I couldn't even get the ball up court. <laughs> you had never stolen. You had never played point guard in your life. In this... I was always <laughs> the three. I was always just coming off screens trying to hit a shot. I had never dribbled to that point. Um, guys, here's – I want to tell one really quick Forster story, uh, and this isn't basketball related. So – I wanted to tell this on my Instagram walk story so bad, Domingo, but I oh. didn't. I didn't because I was afraid how people would react to it because it's kind of a crazy story. So, <laughs> McKenzie, 2020, man, we're calling yeah, people out. Yeah, it's okay, so it's 2020 now. I'm telling it. <laughs> Mackenzie Baldwin uh, lived on Lewis Street in North Bend, and he had an apple tree. So in the apple tree, um, he had like dozens and dozens of pigeons that would come and try to eat apples. Okay, so one day in outdoor ed class, Mr. Forster says to the class, if any of you can somehow get me a pigeon, uh, I'll give you $50. And I'll, I want to use it to train my bird, to, my dog to hunt, right? So I go up to Mr. Forster and I say, listen, oh, man. my friend McKenzie has pigeons in his yard all the time. We'll get you a pigeon if you'll give us the 50 bucks. So Mr. Forster says, all right, get your ass over here, man. Let me finish this Diet Pepsi We'll talk about things after class. All right, get over that here. is a good Forrester impression. Yeah. So he says, hey, get over here, man. Over. Uh, I'll give you and Baldwin 50 bucks if you get this pigeon for me. Now I want you to bring it to my house in a bag once you get it, and then I'll give you the money. So I go to McKenzie, and I say, listen, dude, 
You got a pellet gun, pump that sucker up 10 times. We're getting it. We're killing a pigeon. So McKenzie's like, hell yeah, I'm going to kill this pigeon. We'll split the money. <laughs> Gosh. We, go up, we, we kill this pigeon, okay? McKenzie, we go up to Forster's house with the pigeon in the bag. Mr. Forster has the biggest smile I've ever seen in my entire life. He says, hey, uh, you guys came through. You guys came through, bud. You got me the pigeon. Uh, thanks a lot. And he starts closing the door in our face. <sighs> and McKenzie says, McKenzie says, Mr. Forster, um, we got you your pigeon. What about the $50 you promised us? And Forster turns around. He has a completely filthy scowl on his face. And he says, listen, guys, killing a pigeon in city limits is illegal. Be lucky I, be lucky I don't turn you guys into the police department. Slams the door in our face. And that was the end of it. <laughs> this is a true story. Okay, well. This happened. <laughs> Why am I not, I'm shocked he, I'm not shocked. He's not saying, and, and he feels bad for killing the pigeon, everybody. It's not. <laughs> we, we did this when we were like 12. And yeah. at the time, it wasn't, you know, it wasn't that. We, Disclaimer. Yeah. Okay. okay. It happened. <laughs> hey. But Forster. Uh, pulled the rug from out from underneath us. And it was just <laughs> absolutely ridiculous. If you bring it up to McKenzie to this day, who counts every penny he's ever been shorted, he will vividly remember the day Forster slammed the door in his face it over was 50 like, bucks. He was like, it was mid-May. <laughs> <laughs> A Thursday <laughs> night. <laughs> there was a chill was in wearing, the air. I was wearing brown pants. <laughs> I wish you had a hat on. <laughs> McKinsey had already spent the $25 in his head, and, uh, and the dream was over in that instant. Yeah. That's a crushed dream. <laughs> yeah, they did, that happened. I wanted to tell that story so bad on my Instagram, and I'm like, well, I don't really want to you know, make people upset. Um, but, I, you know, we're in the right situation. I'm telling it. Um, Mike, tell yes. Okay, so speaking of having money in junior high, yes. one, of the, one of the biggest things for us was having money to go to Taco Bell or McDonald's. Absolutely. So Mike's kind of got a, a story in his back pocket about one of our McDonald's trips. Mike, you have the floor. That was during junior high? Yes. During junior yes. high. Yes. Oh, okay. I didn't so, know there was an off-campus eating, but all right. No, no. This was like when we were hanging out no. at McKenzie's. Yeah, we were we're, yeah. McKenzie's. after school, okay, okay. After Sorry, school yeah. situation. Sorry. Caught up so, on here. <laughs> this was on. This was in the summertime, and we had we we always stayed over at McKenzie's. And like Alex has mentioned on the podcast before, as a kid, his whole mindset was, "How am I going to get McDonald's? And when are we going to McDonald's?" <laughs> so, it was, so this, we always kind of had a plan. And and you guys remember the Monopoly pieces? It was like yeah. the greatest thing for kids because I don't know about you, but. I, I would be just as excited to get the million dollar piece as I would to get the free egg McMuffin meal. Because like, I'm like, oh, I'm redeeming this immediately. So we would collect them and we would have them and be all excited to go out to eat for free at McDonald's. So we had our breakfast and our lunch all ready to go this Saturday morning. So we wake up. Alex wakes us up because that's how it worked. He, he, would, <laughs> he would hit you with a pillow like Kinsuko was hitting a belt-high fastball. Just they're open. Let's go. <laughs> Literally. So we, we would straggle and, you know, it's probably about 10 o'clock finally when we get down there and we all have our little free breakfast. So we're cashing them in and, you know, we're kids, so we don't drink coffee yet. So we're getting soda out of the machine. I remember just sitting there eating and then we go and, you know, you top off your soda before you t take off. Cause that's one of the greatest benefits of having a fountain right there. And 
So yeah. Mackenzie lived right by McDonald's just a couple blocks away. So we walked out and we ventured for a little bit, probably went by Kingsview and did something we weren't supposed to do. And then probably about 45 minutes later, it's like not even 11 o'clock. And we're like, all right, let's go back to McDonald's. I mean, we got our lunch. <laughs> cash in. So we quarter pounders. So we walk in there and Alex is the first one to go up to the counter and he, and he's like trying to order what he wants. And he's got his coupon. And the guy at the counter immediately says, sir, uh, you only can uh, redeem one of these per dining room visit. And you have already, uh, you're, you're still on your dining room visit. And Alex is like, what's a dining room visit? <laughs> you have to wait two hours in order to be able to get another meal for free. And he goes, okay. So he walks over to the drink machine again and starts filling up his Coke. And the guy's like, sir, you can't do that. And he goes, why? I'm on the same dining room visit. What's the problem? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. Alex, Alex, you're using the logic well. It that was, was really good. That was, that, was, was, that was gangster right there. Up, <laughs> king for a day. That was king for a day right there, man. That's awesome. Don't worry. We came back at 12 and got our lunch. Too. Well, <laughs> I'm on the same time. Mike. He looked and like when I said that to him, he was like an eighteen-year-old kid, you know, wor- you know, yeah. working a part-time job. He looked just like the guy in Superbad when McLovin Mc- <laughs> spills the beer all over the the, the liquor store floor. He's like, exactly "Sir, did you spill these?" It's like, "No," and you better clean that clean that stuff up too. And he's like, <laughs> "He's like FML." Like, oh, <laughs> like when I said that to him, you he just you could tell his spirit was broken that day. Oh man, <laughs> oh we. There's a lot of good stories with us going out to fast food, that's for sure. <laughs> Everything involved fast food or how we could talk to a girl or how, mm-hmm. like, do you guys remember in junior high when people started holding hands for the first time yeah. and, like, walking around the halls? I touched an eighth grader's boobs in seventh grade. <laughs> <laughs> okay, first of all, uh, how did this happen? Where were you? Um, and what was, uh, what was the situation? You, yeah, don't use any names. <laughs> oh, no, I, I know exactly who it was. Um, so behind like where the science room was, Mr. Johnson's science room, there was that little hill and there were some back streets over there. Yes. Um, this girl, this uh, eighth grade girl, she was a friend of a friend. It's like, hey, should go, let's go hang up uh, after school. I was like, cool. I got a few minutes. <laughs> and... Um, <laughs> We made out and like she put my hands up her shirt and they were just as immaculate like a bag of sand, you know. <laughs> the jackpot, dude! You were touching boobies in eighth grade. I don't think I touched a boob until seventh um, grade. No, no, se- seventh grade. I don't think I actually got to touch a boob till like junior year, man. Like oh, man. I got a kiss from uh, Becky Warnkin because she was my first girlfriend in high school. She's cool. And my yeah, my next class was weights. So I was 16 years old. I just got my first kiss. It's like third period. I have to go to weights now with the biggest erection <laughs> I've ever had in my entire life. I'm trying to dress down. I can't even get my pants off because they're just stuck. <laughs> I'm trying to go to weights class. Of course I'm late. And then Mr. Armstrong's like, hey, girl, get your ass up here, man. Over. We got plenty of laps because the Mariners lost last night. So, you know, <laughs> oh, oh, wrangle that boner of yours, man. Over. <laughs> let's get to work. Pick up your dick beaters. Let's get out. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, no, that's a true story, man. That happened. Like, he's like, all right, man. Over. Like, I'm tired of looking at you in that massive erection. Get to work. <laughs> 
That's not even. That's Alex's second best PE coach. <laughs> Wait, what? That's only your second best PE coach. Oh yeah, I did force. Hey, hey, get over here and I pass it. Ah. Oh, and you got McKenna. <laughs> oh yeah. Hey, uh, Callie's for ya. Do oh, your core God. lifts. Don't pull a muscle. Turn the music down. I wrote a song in high school about Mr. <laughs> McKenna telling us to turn the music down. Stop it. No, you didn't. Yes, you I did. wrote a rap song about Mr. McKenna. Instead of California Love, it was Callie's for ya. Because <laughs> he's going to make you do Callie's. Calisthenics. Calisthenics. <laughs> <laughs> no doubt about it. <laughs> Don't pull no. a muscle. Does, every, does everybody remember their, their first junior high crush? Uh, yeah. <laughs> It followed me from Banger. Oh, snap the bingo. As did mine. Yeah. Bingo, enlighten the group. Uh, it was a girl I went, like, I was in school with from first grade to uh, senior year of high school. She is now married and has a beautiful big family, and uh, I'm cool with that. <laughs> <laughs> My lifestyle is completely different than hers, so it's, uh, yeah. Yeah, I don't think I would have been fit for that. If the if the crush became the married, you know. <laughs> uh, Mikey, who I I know who your crush was, but why yeah. don't you tell us about it? Yeah, Jonna Sparks for sure. I mean, oh, she was so pretty. Sixth grade, seventh grade, eighth grade, eighth grade. Then she moved out of my life, and you know, I. Uh, it was like the movie Can't Hardly Wait, except I just did wait and I never said anything. <laughs> <laughs> The movie's called no. The movie's just called Waiting. <laughs> it's just called Waiting, and I just didn't do anything about it. Or yeah, like, I was I, friends I, with her sister Heather. Heather Super was nice, nice too. too. Yeah, nice. yeah. John, they and lived over State Street. Yeah, they lived by the Lionhead Fountain Park. They did. We yeah. are creeps. They lived. <laughs> <laughs> Ryan, who was your who was your crush at junior high? Ride. Uh someone. <laughs> <laughs> the person she sounds hot ryan she yeah. sounds so hot Dude, that, that, that's attractive woman yeah, yeah can you tell me more it. about her she had hair <laughs> eyes she had a pulse she tell breathed about, oxygen tell me, tell me about her fingers <laughs> <laughs> what did she eat at lunch oh dude hey so junior high i had i had two crushes the first one was uh, Katie Russo, of all people, Katie Russo. She was in my English history class with Mrs. Sweat, and she was dating Ben Leishner, I think, one of the twins. Uh, yeah, one of the Leishners, and I remember teasing her all the time, and as a matter of fact, I think she signed her yearbook, or my yearbook, as Katie Leishner, because I used to tease her all the time. I'd be like, oh, hey, how you doing, Mrs. Leishner? But secretly... <laughs> <laughs> you know, I wanted her to be Mrs. Vanover, so but that didn't work out. Uh, and then also later on, Larissa Scar, uh, she went her. to Hillcrest, Hillcrest, right? So we didn't know her. But um, I was down at the Pony Village Mall because Domingo and I lived right next to the mall. Yeah, block so, away. Yeah, so I was down there, and I was probably at the candy corn uh, trying to get a burger basket, maybe play some Street Fighter, and uh, – there was a there was a place in the mall called the Pog Stop. You guys remember? You could buy Pog. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Pog Stop. A whole, a whole Pog store. store. Yeah, wow. yeah, yeah. That was that big. <laughs> so I went down to the Pog Stop and I was buying Pogs. And Larissa Scar and Kayla Colvin were there, and I ended up walking around the mall. And like this is Larissa was flirting with me, 
But this is before I knew what flirting was. I had no idea what flirting was. No clue. Because I'm 11, dude. I'm trying to get these pogs. I'm trying to get this burger basket. I'm trying to get back home to my Oakland A's jacket, dude. I'm busy, right? you telling me you couldn't read the signs? No. Domingo, no. no. I was You totally couldn't lost. take a hint? <laughs> like, dude, so a couple years later, I finally – it dawns on me, dude. I'm in the middle of, you know, what doing whatever I'm doing, killing a pigeon for Forrester, and I'm like <laughs> – I'm like, I'm like, huh? I've been there. I've been yeah. I'm there. like, I'm like that. She was totally flirting with me. So of course I developed a crush on her because it's like whenever, especially at that age, if a girl's interested in you, it doesn't matter what she looks like. You're interested in her because now she's attainable, right? Yeah. At least that's how I thought when I was like 12 or 13. <laughs> but you know, by that point, she had dated like basically every thug in the school, uh, and. Basically, if you went around her, you know, you're going to get your ass kicked for even going around this girl because she dated, like, everybody that could whoop some ass, right? <laughs> she probably dated Ronnie Beaver. She was, like, ran through Drew Davis, you know, Steve oh, man. Uh, You know, probably, it, Trav, you know, all these guys, right? So I'm not going near that. So anyway, nothing ever happened, man. Totally blew it. Katie never happened. Nothing happened with that. Friend zoned for life. <laughs> you didn't shoot the shot. Never shot Amy Clark. I shot the shot, and I yes, got rejected. She matumboed me, Domingo. <laughs> no, 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 not today. <laughs> hey, Domingo, what do you? So, what stands out about junior high for you, man? Did you, did you like it or did you not like it? Um, I enjoyed it because, like, it was just a whole new group of people, and like the sports were fun, from what I remember. Um, Mr. Lampy was the seventh grade coach for football. I remember that, and. Um, a lot of those dudes that I grew up from that team, like I officiated one of their weddings, Jeff Caldwell. Um, that's crazy. Yeah. That was a good time. Um, his anniversary is coming up on the 11th national slurpy day. Can't forget that. (laughs) (laughs) I drive, I drive one hour away to grab a slurpy every year, guys. Like, and it's worth it. I grab the biggest slurpy. I don't go for the little one. I'm there for the big, uh, and I drink it all the way home. Oh, but, um, I remember. I'm oh, sorry. So, so we were in Dallas, and I would we would walk like um, half a mile to get a Slurpee, and the guy was like, "We're out, we're out, don't come here." We're I'm like, "What? How do you not get packed?" That is the most heartbreaking thing. <laughs> sorry, just, just a little tangent, Slurpees, man. That's like yeah. MTV being out of chicken. <laughs> it was, yeah. 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 He's like. <laughs> Um, so junior high, um, I remember all the girls had a cut crush on science teacher, Mr. Bergeron. Oh, he was, yes. He was, yes. he was good looking. Yeah, he was, I didn't really know him. I didn't have a science class or anything. Um, I remember there was like a courtyard or like a foyer in the middle of the junior high, but no one ever seemed to use it. <laughs> ever, ever. Yeah. You couldn't, never. It was just, it was literally like lava. If you went out there, you just, it's lava. You burn out. You, you touch it, you're dead. Was it like launches? I don't think so. Oh. You can get to it from the library, I think. That is so like, funny that you say that. I can picture it in my head right <laughs> yeah. now. Like there's plants, there's benches. <clears throat> um... What else about um, – I remember there was – God, I think I saw one fight in junior high. <laughs> oh, in seventh grade, do you guys know the Reesers? Uh, I know of them. I don't know them. Okay. I know of them. 
So on the last day of school in seventh grade, they came down the seventh grade hall, hooded, hooded sweatshirts and sunglasses with a bunch of eggs and water balloons and just unleashed. <laughs> and I Wait, exactly in the school? Yeah. What? Yeah. <laughs> and then I saw them down at the smoker's trail later that day, and, uh, like after school. It's like, that was you guys earlier, right? And they're like, who wants to know? I was like, I thought it was cool. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, in the junior high, like in team sports, we were playing, uh, we were playing dodgeball. And I was like sliding all over the place and trying to jump on the ground and like stay out of the way. Well, I was, I guess I was kind of coordinated, but not coordinated enough. So like someone threw a ball at me and I went down on the ground and smacked my face head first. Didn't catch myself. Broke my front tooth out oh. all over the place, dude. There was like, yes, yes. Broke my whole tooth out. Uh, Larissa, right? The girl I had a crush on. She like, like tapped me on the shoulder and said, Hey, Alex, um, I'm pretty sure that's your tooth over there. She's like pointing to my tooth, dude. And she's like, you better, you know, pick that up. That's like the that's only her, thing she said to me. That's her flirting with you. <laughs> I was like, oh, my God. Thank you, Larissa. Go on, eat my tooth. Thank you so much. Gall's over in the corner. Hey, man, man, you're bleeding. <laughs> and I'm like, hey, Forster, I'm, you know, that 50 bucks for that pigeon, I could have used it for my dental <laughs> surgery later on in the year, you son of a bitch. Oh, oh oh give me a Diet Pepsi and I'll call a doctor. <laughs> yeah, hey, hey, someone get him an ice cold Dr. Pepper or Diet, Diet Pepsi, put it on his mouth. Dad. Let me have it first. It's still cold after I drink it. <laughs> yeah. Hey, wipe it down. He's got Vanover's blood and sweat all over it. I need to drink that thing. <laughs> and don't be a big crybaby, you son of a bitch. <laughs> No, hey, hey, as I'm like, I'm like, Mr. Forster, man, I'm bleeding. I can't stop bleeding. I broke my tooth out. He's like, all right, I'm going to let you go down to the office, but grab that gigantic 12-point <laughs> rack of antlers and walk your ass down there. Oh, man. The That's your time right there, dude. That is a comedy set. You need to re revamp the Van Man comedy show. The Van Do show just needs to be about me just getting my ass kicked on every <laughs> campus I ever went to in school. <laughs> Domingo was there when I got knocked out at Banger. Dude, I was just a bystander. I totally remember. That was the first time I saw blood. <laughs> Domingo, tell Mike about tell, – uh, Mike was probably there. But probably tell, tell us everybody – tell everybody about that story if they haven't heard it on the What's for I, Dinner podcast. Available was, on Podbean by Papa Doc. <laughs> yes. um, so I was in like first or second grade, but I just remember turning around. I think you're in your Oakland A's jacket or a hat or something. And – you just had blood running down your face. And I was like, I didn't know what to do, but like someone was helping you in the office. And yeah, I remember that's like one of my first memories of Alex Vanover. <laughs> Jake Green was, was taking me to the office. It was like platoon. I was like Willem Dafoe, dude. I was just getting shot up on the soccer field, dude. <laughs> and he was like trying to save me and bring me to Mrs. Bashir's office. But unfortunately I had drinking. 20 uh, milks that day. So as I was profusely bleeding from my skull, Mrs. Bushiers was uh, giving me a lecture about how I drank all the free milk. So I'm dying in her office as she's worried about her bonus. Yeah. Oh, man. Oh, man. Look, we these are, these are the memories we live with, guys. These are, <laughs> these are what shaped us to who we are. It truly is.
Mikey, well said. yes, Mikey, tell us, tell us some more junior high stories. Come on, we, you, come on, we need you. <laughs> this is going to be a very long episode. It's fine. Let it roll. <laughs> That's right. Okay. It could be a two-parter. Could be a two-parter. You know, there you uh, go. A saga. I, I love lunch at junior high. It might be when we realized that you get to make all sorts of fun choices and they had so many options and i don't know about you but i didn't care what they were i'm getting chicken strips and <laughs> like it, it did not matter what was available it's like well chicken strips and ranch and it's the first time that you kind of had to make a decision of like there's all these kids in there there's seventh graders eighth graders you got to figure out where you're going to sit and so it was always easy because alex is there i can always find alex we can always have it but classes never got let out at a good time so oh. I was always, I was in a class that was always seemed to be the latest to let us go to lunch, like all right to the bell. Like it let us out five minutes early. It's something like five minutes. Give us that little extra time to get up in that line, go through it, get whatever we need. Cause you know, chicken strips are going to go. They're just, they're just <laughs> going to go. If I remember correctly, those lines moved really slow. Oh, incredibly slow. And the Domingo, so, they wrapped around to the band room, dude. Yeah, they would be I mean, all the I way by the band room. I don't remember eating lunch in the cafeteria at all. Maybe but I know we down. did because you couldn't eat anywhere else, right? Around I the mean, hall, maybe? You or could only office. eat in the cafeteria. I think you could eat outside. I think you could eat outside. Um, <laughs> I remember – so I remember lunch, and I had a teacher, a math teacher named Mr. Prusmeyer, and he um, – which this we had the weirdest relationship, guys, because he was my math teacher, but – um, I would talk, I would rip talk all the time in class. I would try to say funny shit and he would be like, uh, he'd be like, Mr. Vanover, you know, shut up. And I'd be like, Oh, I'm sorry, Mr. Prusmeyer. I'm sorry. And he'd be like, don't be sorry. Be silent. Right. <laughs> so he would all, we had this weird like relationship where I think he really enjoyed me, but I think he had to pretend like, you know, he was in charge. So he actually gave me his phone number guys. I would call him. He would help me with math. Yes. He would help me with math over the phone. So we became very friend, like friendly. Well, Mr. Prusmeyer was in charge of monitoring the cafeteria, right? So Mr. Prusmeyer, I never saw this man actually eat a meal. He would, he would never survive during the coronavirus stuff, Domingo. He would literally, he would just reach his hand into the pickle condiment area and eat like 200 pickles a lunch period, dude. He, there's no way. There was no social distancing. He didn't wash his hands. He's licking his fingers. He's worried that I'm not going to shut up in his class. I'm going to call him uh, when he's at his house. He's, he's having a hard time because he's got this one stupid, fat, loud student who won't stop bleeding all over his classroom. And on top of that, he's in charge of monitoring the damn classroom. My, meanwhile, Mike Richardson's in the line holding the damn thing up because he's weighing out the ounces of chicken strips because he wants to make sure he gets the best one. <laughs> I'll, I'll wait for a fresh match, says Mike. <laughs> I'm good. My, I can wait. Mike I got thought five. it was, Mike thought it was like, McDonald's. He yeah. asked, uh, I want a fresh batch of chicken strips, please. I'll wait. Can this I get that fries unsalted? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> is this the same dining room visit? That was always another one. <laughs> and you know those cafeteria workers are like, oh, my God, someone please give me a bullet so I can rent a gun, please. For the love of God. Oh, oh man, those are oh. You guys remember the the little shop class thing we had to take with Mr. Brooks? Mr. Yes. Brooks and Mr. Vigil. Oh, I was yes, saying yes. what I was saying that I we had that was, uh, high school. Mr. Martin too. Yeah, Bruce Martin, Mr. V. Um, the tech ed class. 
Heck yeah. Yeah, that was junior it. high, for sure. Mr. Vigil, um taught the computer end of it. That was my first introduction to being a radio DJ. You lucky son of a gun, <laughs> man. I think I slept through that module. Uh, I love that module. Like, I brought stacks of CDs, like Jock Jams, MTV Party to Go's, <laughs> and like had like 12-inch long cut mixes, and like, I don't even remember who my partner was, but I just remember being like, I made this tape and it's got all my jams on it. And just try to play it in the car. My mom's like, turn this off. But my mom bought all the music. So I was like, yeah, she didn't those, want it in the car. Those were all, you were going to be as successful as your partner in those. Like, <laughs> so someone piggybacked off me then. I believe it. Cause I remember doing the, you had to carve a duck out of like the bandsaw and everything. Make it a pencil, a pencil holder. Yeah. Make yep. it, first of all, seventh grade using, using a bandsaw that has no safety features at all. That's <laughs> It's a real issue, but and I don't think the teachers were in there with you. No, they weren't. I remember no. carving this thing up. Going, no. I think, I think I they observed. Dinner, they right? observed through the plexiglass. Uh, yeah, and they grade you. Yes. So I remember we uh, made these uh, cars in Mr. Brooks' class that could like they have like CO two, like CO two racers. Yes, yes. Yeah. You would put it in the back. Yeah. You would put it in the back, and you had wooden wheels, right, Ryan? Yeah. yeah. Does that and sound well, right? Well, mine won. Cause I'm fast, but <laughs> I'm not surprised. Cause it's in the, cause it's in the blood. It's it in is. the blood. But True. but I remember using that band that saw, and I I had to change the blade like three times because I would turn it too hard. It was like, oh man! <laughs> you snap I, the band saw blade. Yeah. Oh my god! You're so lucky that you're even here doing the podcast with us. This this <laughs> podcast, you should be dead. Uh, maybe just maybe I just time. bent it. I don't know. It was, just wasn't. <laughs> this is the last good time, Ryan. Yeah. Ryan, should Ryan, you should be dead. Good times with Alex and Ryan. Actually, it should just be called good times because I should have died on campus seven times. Ryan should have died from the bandsaw. And Mike was weighing chicken strips and annoying the piss out of the cafeteria workers. I just want to make sure I that was... ranch was still cold. What? <laughs> <laughs> I almost died. I almost died in 2009 in a mosh pit at a Slayer concert. <laughs> this dude, like, I fell down. I had a heat exhaustion, and this dude, I remember him picking up me up and saying, "Like, somebody got water," and someone tossed him a bottle. He like, "Mama bird me," and I like, hey, go right, splash my face a little bit. I'm like, I'm "Like, dude, you fell down in the pit." Like, I'm like shit. <laughs> and I chugged that water. I was like, "Thank you," but if this is how I'm supposed to go, I'm doing it tonight. <laughs> and I went back into that mosh pit and got down with Slayer. Wow. Uh, dare I say that sounds like a good time? Huh? I think it is. <laughs> <laughs> that, was good, that was the first time. Yeah. Ryan. My one time I've almost died. Ryan, you got some uh, junior high memories laid on us, dude. We're here. I want to hear it for the good times. Yeah. Gosh, I had all that time to think about it. I was just interested in your stories. Oh, that's really cool. Oh, that's really cool. That's really Oh, my turn. Um Yeah, I went to class, did some math. <laughs> went wow, outside. That's, that's really so, good. Ryan, Ryan, you and my brother were in a grade and then me yeah. and your sister were in the grade below you guys. So what was it like going to school with your sibling? Uh, well, I mean, it was, it was fine. We didn't talk much. I mean, <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. But, uh, I don't know. It was, it was, it was fine. It was interesting. Like, uh, she did her classes and I did mine. I don't know. <laughs> like, hey, I was going to, 
Don't look at me like (laughs) (laughs) I wasn't very sensitive. (laughs) Like I could have been a lot nicer to her. (laughs) Like, hi, what's up? You know, instead of like, oh, hi. (laughs) So just, you know, taking responsibility here. But hey, um, your brother, uh, Delmar, right? Yeah. He's, uh, I remember him being like, I don't, uh, I don't remember him a lot, but I remember him being just really nice. Like one of the nicest guys I, I've met. What, <laughs> what's he up to? <laughs> great, great segue. Great segue. <laughs> um, Delmar, so, and I think nice is code for something else. No, I'm no, 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 no. But for me, he, to me, he no. was, I don't well, I mean, yeah, You're a former bear cat. We stick together. <laughs> with my friends. But no, Dell's doing all right. His, you know, he's maintaining his health. He's been diabetic since he's in sixth grade and um, no, he's doing all right. Just living in Coos Bay. Yeah. Working steady. I think he works for like a weed shop now. Oh, okay. So hey. that is a dream. Yeah, good fit for Del. Dude, Delmar, I've said this before. I said it on your podcast. He was one of the freshest dressed kids at any school he went to because he always had, like, the the best fitted that always matched his button-ups. Like, did you remember him doing that, matching his button-ups with his hats? I remember that. And, and he would uh, rock the – we all would rock the hell out of FUBU. Yes. Yeah. No, dude. And your brother, dude, your brother, for the record, because I used to hang out a lot at that lunch table that he sat at when he was yeah. a junior, when I was a senior, because I used to hang out with Brett Bishop and Joe Gaines a lot. Yeah. So um, we sat at the same lunch table together and Dell was always like, I loved having him around because I would say anything and he would just laugh his ass off. So it was great to have him around because even if I said something stupid, he would make everybody else laugh. Because he was laughing his ass off, so yeah, a great audience. Domingo's have. the same way. Like I remember in swimming, he would just—he was all about having a good time, laughing. Yeah. <laughs> when I was being an idiot. Dude, the whole family, dude. I want them all around me. My little brother was a swimmer, Ryan. Oh, sorry. Who was yeah. your little brother? Leroy. Leroy, I got him mixed up. I'm sorry. It happens all the time. <laughs> Does it? Yeah. Leroy. Okay. Leroy, yeah. dude. Leroy was dressed. Uh, to the nines in high school too. He used to seriously, I think I remember him wearing a suit to school one time, like an actual he, suit, dude. He got a job um, like at 16 or 17 at the casino and just started, he bought himself a PS2 and he bought himself some of those wild rave pants and was coloring his hair. <laughs> <laughs> so he was like living it. He was living his best life at 17. Oh, Good man. for him, man. Best life in 2002 for him, yeah. Man. Oh, hell yeah, dude. PlayStation 2 up in the ride with that Lorenzo kitty. <laughs> Pretty funny. So Dave, he came kind of late to us. So he came in like towards the tail end of grade school. Yep. And uh, we were in Miss Hockma's class again. And it was kind of like a show and tell thing. And we were doing history. So Dave comes in in like full Civil War regalia. And he's got a musket. And it's got a bayonet on the end of the thing. So he brought a gun to school. And I know it's an antique gun, but he still brought it. And he he's like trying to showcase it and how you would load it. And he's doing the whole process. And he's like swinging this thing around just and, and Miss Hockham is just like super nervous. Like this shouldn't this is probably not okay. And and somebody asked him, Well, how accurate is a musket? And he just points it out the window and he goes, 
see that bird right there? I could blow that thing off right here. <laughs> right here. I could just and then that's, he, I don't get awesome. it, I just jam right into it. He's, you know, he was an Eagle Scout too, so I'm like, I, I believed it. Like, I go, this guy could kill if he wanted. He to probably that. shot that musket on the regular. <laughs> I guarantee that thing had been fired within the last year. I mean, it, it, dude, Forster, my my Mr. Forster just happened to be walking by to the Diet Pepsi vending machine, and he's like, Hey, hold on. Did you say you could hit that bird from 20 feet away? <laughs> there are oh so my many. God, Your Mike Forrester is just so stellar, man. Like <laughs> I haven't heard his voice in years, but I, I was I did a tour of the high school like two years ago just to go check it out. And I don't I don't think he was there, but like I saw like a picture with of him there and I was just like, oh that guy. <laughs> <laughs> There's so many memories of him, and honestly, none of like they're all fun memories. I mean, we all we we were tongue in cheek because we we enjoyed the guy. It's just so mm -hmm. funny to think that he was so comfortable in his personality that he didn't care if he was talking to eighth graders <laughs> or talking to boosters. I mean, he was he was just Mike Forster. He, dude, Forster taught conditioning class, right? So we're up in the weight room upstairs in the gym, guys. Mm -hmm. And Forster's like, hey, Vanover, get your ass over here. Come here, kid. Hey, uh, I got to talk to you. I don't want to go. My CD player's all the way down there, Vanover, man, man. So I uh, want you to go down and get my CD book. It's my CD collection. And uh, I want you to grab the first CD on the first page. You pop that in there and crank it up, and we're going to. We're going to lift weights. It's a good collection. It's a great, great CD collection. So I go down there and I grab his book. There's one CD in the entire book that holds 100 you know, CDs. It's Boston's Greatest Hits. That's it. Boston. That's all he had. And I said, Mr. Forster, you have a great CD collection. I mean, you have so many CD to pick from. I mean, that's amazing. This is a great CD collection. You have oh so God. many CD. This is great, you know. <laughs> and he's like, "Were you trying to be funny, Van Over? Watch it. That's a Diet Pepsi for sure, you know. Like, go, go grab me one." No, he didn't say. I don't know. But he had one freaking CD in this book, and he was making it sound like he had a huge. I don't even know why he had a book that could hold a hundred CDs. If he had he could have kept it in CD. the case. Uh, <laughs> the, the jewel case. The jewel case. Yeah. So favorite. Um, uh, oh, no, you go. Go for it. Okay, so speaking of weights, when I was a freshman and I took weights class, because Dell was just like, you got to take weights, man, pop on, you know, get changed. Like, yeah, dude, no shit. All right, let's do it. But the class of 2000, I think that had like Matt Davison and them, all those real stud wrestlers, um, they would blast like metal and like Pantera and Metallica. And I remember like McKenna, no one gave a shit because these guys were really good athletes and Whatever keeps them pumped up, bring home that champion or whatever the hell. <laughs> but Dude, that's just my, my two bits about weight, weight room. Hey, here's, here's a quick Matt Davison segue since you brought up that wonderful person. He, so when I was a junior, there was a girl. I don't know if you guys remember this girl. She was in Ryan's grade. Kim McHugh. You guys remember, remember this Kim? girl at all? Yeah. Okay. Kim was super nice. And as a matter of fact, like we had this weird flirtation. Like whenever I would see her, I'd be like, oh man, you know, I we get along, you know, maybe I should ask her out, but I was at the point where I hadn't had a girlfriend yet. Like Becky hadn't followed me around school yet. So I didn't have any experience. Right. So Kim is in the home ec room and she's like, I'm going to home ec. Right. Well, Matt Davison is coming out of Mrs. Burgett's room because it's the same hallway. Yep. 
I don't know why I'm, I don't know why Matt decided to do this. He grabbed me in front of Kim and Hugh and just started choking me out. Choked me out right there in front of Miss Forget, Mrs. Snotty, uh, or excuse me, Mrs. Stoffel, everybody, dude. And uh, you know, after I tapped out and looked like a big pussy, uh, he lifted me back up and I went back into the home ec room and you know, Kim never looked at me the same way ever again. It was over. Like I got choked out right there in front of God and country. It was over. I just that realized was his way of flirting with her. <laughs> yeah, he's like, "Oh, you think Vanover's attractive? Well, watch me kill him. <laughs> Alex, watch me ch- murder him straight in front of you, and then you'll be more attracted to me after he's dead." You've been choked out more than a jobber in professional wrestling. There's so many stories of you getting choked out. It's hilarious. I just Justin Spring that. choked yeah. me out in the yeah. baseball oh, locker room. Yeah. yeah, he choked. So Spring, I remember hearing that. Yeah, he choked me out in the baseball locker room because he was, like, dating Sarah Walton at the time. And Sarah used to take care of my grandma at the life care center across the street from Kmart. Well, Sarah got my phone number from my grandmother, and she started calling me. So Spring found out about this, and Spring was pissed. Even though they weren't dating, they were never dating. But Spring decided while I was had my back turned, he was just going to choke me out to let me know that he didn't approve. So that was great. You know, he could have just told me, you know, hey, I like Sarah. Maybe you should stop talking to her. But instead, he just physically, you know, put me down. <laughs> he should have choked out your grandma for giving her your number. <laughs> he shows he up. the wrong guy. You were Dude, the line of fire. He shows up in a full nurse's outfit. And he's like, you know, hey, I'm Nurse Spring. I'm here to feed, you know, Helen Combs her lunch, you know, today. And he just chokes the living piss out of her. <laughs> Spring would be the only guy that would perk up every time he saw the antler hall pass and get in <laughs> Yes, he was quite the hunter. He was, for sure. Yeah, I think that was, was my, my first dose of good old boy. Like, I remember those cats would wear camo to school. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That was, that was all North Bay. You know, you, those North Bay kids, they're just all. Oh, it was, wasn't it? Yeah, it geez. was pretty much all North Bay. Yeah. yeah hey, don't forget Sunny Hill. Sunny Hill Elementary. I went to Sunny Hill for kindergarten. Sunny Hill. Sunny Hill. It's before Glasgow. Yeah, that was right out in Glasgow. That was way out there. Ryan, dude. Oh, okay, yeah. Ryan, Jessica told us that Banger kids were uh, stuck up, but it seems like we have a consensus that the North Bay kids might have been the stuck up ones. Huh? (laughs) No. No, no apparently, just, or we were proving that we were just stuck up because, because we just called because them we're saying they're redneck. <laughs> yeah, <exactly. laughs> okay, the banker Bearcats, uh, you know, I guess we were stuck up. I followed So, <laughs> I lived in Hauser before I moved to North Bend, before I moved to Broadway and Everett Street. Oh, and, hey, like, uh, I had a couple, like, the Sackets were my neighbors. Um, Todd and Tommy Smith were my neighbors. Um, and like, I mean, there was, there was, and Bryce Rich was out there and like, I mean, there's just like, it, it was a, it's a different group of kids, but I mean, they're my friends and stuff. But good old boys. No, no, How, that was, uh, lakeside, the lakeside folks is what you got to watch. <laughs> <laughs> that, that house on Broadway with that, that was like the greenhouse, right? Mm-hmm. And it burnt down, didn't it? Well, saw, so we were renters and um, the person who we rented from sold the house and we had moved like down the road oh. on like 14th street behind Matt Frommie's, uh dad's, uh, his business. There is like a, a okay. block or two down closer to the junior, uh, the high school. But yeah, I remember a lot of people were freaking out. They saw our house burn down like, no man, we're, we moved. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> 
We used to camp in Alex's front yard on Broadway. And it, like, that's the busiest street in town. Yes. <laughs> yes. All hours of the night, even people be driving by. And that's when you'd hear the loud cars. I don't know what it is, but why are cars with loud decibels only out after 10? I don't know. I don't know why we would have loud cars going around at the middle of the night. Yeah, burning up. <laughs> burning up, especially, especially orange pickups. <laughs> Spraying doing drive-bys. No, it, it's, the reason why there's large, uh, loud cars on, late on the streets is because no one's around. You can hear them, and it's their way of being rebellious. <laughs> well, you can Dude. hear the, Oregon. You can hear the ocean at night. Yeah, like, hey, so in Coos Bay, if you put your ear up to a seashell, you hear a Ford, <laughs> a Ford peeling out. You're like, hey, honey, grab that seashell. You hear that? That's a Ford peeling out on Pony Village parking lot. Isn't it beautiful? Oh man, dude. So hey, that same hill, guys, the the house Mike just uh, talked about. It was the first day of eighth grade, right? And it was September in North Bend, so it rained, of course. So I had laid out my brand new pair of Nikes and my brand new outfit I was going to wear to school, right? So for some reason, I decided I was going to walk down the side of the hill as opposed to our stairs. I, of course, slipped and fell on my ass and slid all the way down the hill to Broadway in my brand new outfit. I go back upstairs to get my outfit that I had already meticulously laid out for Tuesday, but now (laughs) I got to go to my next you know, outfit in the rotation that early. My mom is just like barely awake. She's like, she's like, what the hell happened to your outfit? Blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, oh, you know, I slid down the hill. She gives me the rap about how I should have used the freaking stairs. Meanwhile, my mom goes back to sleep. She knows the clothes are just screwed and she didn't wash them. So I had stains that were just, yeah, for day one, only got to wear them one time. My mom didn't give two craps, dude. She didn't wash it. Nothing, dude. Like so, I got double screwed that day. It was just a really bad time. It was bad times with Alex. That day. <laughs> yeah. Alex, Alex, remember remember Fat Tim? Uh, yeah. Who doesn't? Who doesn't remember? I Tim? don't. Fat Tim. <laughs> yeah. Wait, Fat was Tim a, was a legend. Fat uh, Tim, a twelfth, a, a Marion and Everett and Twelfth Street legend. He lived across the street from your grandparents. <laughs> and in that in those duplexes and right, I went, right behind the mall we went inside there one time and fat tim's mom was wearing a muumu and she's watching bob ross and it smelled like water chestnuts in there. <laughs> and i'll never forget that specific just awful smell like so, no hey i don't want to interrupt you but tell them about what tim had to be paid yeah so he ended up going to where was I think it? I knew tim. Uh, taco bell we wanted to go to taco bell wasn't it yeah. Oh, yeah. So Tim would charge Alex and I a fee to cross Broadway because we weren't allowed to cross Broadway without adults. So <laughs> he would be like, "Yeah, I'll take you guys across the street. It's going to cost you though." So we might have the troll toll. It really was. <laughs> we, we might have five bucks. Like maybe like I got five bucks. Alex has five bucks. And we're like in our head, we're doing okay. So we could get like a burrito supreme, or I'm like, ooh, some soft taco supreme sound good. I could go for a few of those. And Chili I'm, cheese burrito uh, for seventy nine cents. So instead, Fat Tim was like, "Hey man, uh, I'll take you across, but it's gonna cost you three bucks a piece." What? So, so now, because he's gonna get six bucks for the food, and Alex and I are now like, "All right, how many hot sauce packets am I?" Gonna get? <laughs> 
<laughs> to feel somewhat satisfied after going across. Yeah, the he's like, he's like, here's the deal, Mike, Alex. You know, you can either have zero dollars of Taco Bell, or you can split four. Either way, Fat Tim wins. Okay. <laughs> and he and he pulled off his jacket, and he had a shirt that had a big FT capital on his shirt. <laughs> A big one on the shirt? A big uh, F and a big F T dude. for Fat Tim. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> no, dude. Fat Tim, um, Fat Tim had a friend named Cliff. And Cliff and him would tease me all the time. And I don't know why, but I wanted to hang out with them. So I would always try to hang out with them, even though they'd make fun of me all the time. And this is like when I was like 10. Well, anyway, we were in um, this kid named Albert's backyard. And Cliff, I'd had enough. And I had been thinking... All right, I'm going to punch this kid in the face as hard as I possibly can, and I need to have an escape route because I'm not sticking around. I'm going to punch him in the face as hard as I possibly can, and I'm getting the hell out of here. So I look, and I'm like, okay, I can run through the yard, up through the house, and, and back. Well, I get the courage, and I just walk right up to him and punch him as hard as I freaking can in the face. He doesn't go down because he's older than me. He kind of like looks at me like, I can't believe I just got punched in the face. I take the escape route. I go back to my grandpa's house. Two, two days later, two days later, we had boxing gloves. My Cliff came over to kick my ass. My brother's like, hey, you and, you and Alex box. You want to kick his ass? I'll watch him. I'll watch you kick his ass. Okay? But little did Cliff know, dude, I had been boxing since I was like six. So Cliff and I are in the backyard. My brother is repping. I kicked the shit out of Cliff in the backyard, so Cliff didn't get his revenge. I just got more revenge <laughs> on him. It was the greatest day ever, dude. I totally oh. whipped his ass in the backyard. So he came over thinking he was gonna like you know, take it to me. My brother's like, no, lace the gloves up. You, you're gonna box my brother. I, I totally owned him, dude. He never bothered me again, dude. I'm telling you, this is a true I've story. I've laced up with some. I've laced up with some neighborhood kids in my time. <laughs> it's a thing. It's, it is a thing. If you had boxing gloves and you guys had any kind of problem at all, boxing gloves would settle it and you'd be buddies afterwards. Like every time it worked. That's how you earn respect. I had no problems with uh, Petey and he, he beat me pretty bad. We <laughs> Wait, was that at my birthday party? Did you box, Petey? <laughs> and I'm like, I'm not doing this anymore. <laughs> I don't. Right, this hey, who, did I, who did I box that day? Didn't I box Thompson? I don't remember. I, I had this weird, like, I don't, a bandana thing, and I was refing, and <laughs> there were audio so video. Oh, audio video. <laughs> there, were, there were so many boxing matches that happened in your grandparents' backyard. We did backyard wrestling at Dave Hardy's house, and I powerbombed oh. him through a pre-cut particle board. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. I wore they, a luchador. I wore a luchador mask. I remember. Oh, my 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 stage name was Soldier Doja. <laughs> oh, that's a great name. And and Dave was a, a Hardy boy because you know he's Dave Hardy. Oh, of course. Or, or hardcore Hardy, I think is what he went by. Dude, like Hardy a, Hardy ended up saving Shobar's life later on at the high school, dude. When that guy busted out <laughs> that night. Yeah. Right. I, yeah, there that was a, a pretty massive altercation that happened, and there was blood spill and a face crushed inside the uh, bond, the bond, which is now a Macy's or whatever the hell it is yes. now. Yeah, Dave Hardy crushed some kid's face inside that store, and they were local high school heroes because there were some yeah. kids that were from the neighborhood school or whatever. I don't even know what they were doing there. Like, I think they were. I 
Yeah, I don't remember either. I don't probably I just, with some CD kids. They're probably hanging out with some CD kids, and um, yeah, I used to run with those cats. I still see Dave. I don't see Sean so much. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Lost connection. I'll, that's something to tell off off the air here. Um, but yeah, that was a that was a neat little altercation. Yeah, <laughs> I just remember Shobar getting stabbed, and Hardy was there, and Hardy like took the knife away from the kid and just beat him down or something. I remember this. Like he spun the kid around, like they ran down the smokers trail through the mall. Dave spun him around in, in the bond. I think it might have been Macy's by then. Spun him around, just decked him and dropped him. Dude. Yeah. Good times. Those are good times. <laughs> it's funny when you drive through town now and you everywhere you look you have a memory. Like there's just a memory in every corner of that town. Oh my gosh. Something that yep. Totally. And it's, totally. You know, it's that's the blessing of us growing up in a small town like that. I mean, you know everybody, you know every story, and and ninety nine percent of them are just hilarious. And we can chat about Dude. them like this today. Um, I don't. I I have one last story about junior high before I like kind of you know I am done talking about it. But like, uh, and I you guys can talk about it too, but like whatever. But the story I have is McKinsey um, wanted to ask out a girl. That's and the best. it's the best she was her name was lena and she was really popular she's actually friends with jonna and junior and all those really popular girls lena so steinvik yes yeah. lena steinvik yes her yep. brother ellen was a friend of mine yes yes she was pretty she was very pretty yeah, uh they were a cool family mckenzie was like dude i don't know how to talk to girls so can you write a note for me and i'll read it over the phone and i'll ask her out Popcorn flavor. Yeah. Oh, yes. So, so we, I write a note. I'm like, oh my god, he's giving me an opportunity to write a note. I'm writing this note. So I write a note, and he calls her. She and, was at uh, she was at Abby Peterson's house that night. You remember? She was at Abby Peterson's house. Oh, they had yeah. just got back from skating at mm-hmm. the skating rink. So um, classic Friday. Yeah, Lena's mom was like, "Hey, uh, Lena's at Abby's. Here's Abby's phone number." So we call Abby's house. Well, Lena gets on the phone and starts talking to Mackenzie. So Mackenzie reads the note that I wrote. And she's like, hey, Mackenzie, you know, I, I'm so flattered, blah, blah, blah. I met this guy at the skating rink. If things don't work out with him, I'll get a hold of you. Oh. So she never, ever got a hold of him, ever. Damn, damn. So we, so we have a running joke. Every time I see Mackenzie, I'll be like, dude. Things must have worked out with that dude at the skating rink, man, because she never got back to you, bro. She might have lost his number. <laughs> yeah, there you I'm go. I'm going with that there one. There you go. Yeah, let's go with that one. Yeah, she ghosted the piss out of him, man. I wonder oh, if she man. still lives in the neighborhood. Just go walk up to her place. <laughs> dude, my mom. Oh, go ahead, Mike. That note, too, was, you know, it was so smooth. <laughs> it was but for, it was- like, a 12-year-old. It was pretty good. What was on it? Come on. Anyone remember? I just go, Mike, you probably remember better than I do, dude. It was so Mackenzie had no idea what to say or how to talk. And and Alex and I are kind of pretending like we know what we're doing. Again, I had yet to talk to Jonna, so I have no idea what I would do. So Alex is like, I got this. Uh, I'm the Casanova of the group. Let me write down some things. So he starts writing down this like script. Like he's supposed to read word for word. Mackenzie hadn't practiced reading this at all either. And we're kids, so the handwriting isn't beautiful. So he's reading it and kind of stumbling over it as he's going. And he's like, uh, I, I would really <laughs> get to know you a little better and maybe we can go do something sometime. And just kind of like that. 
and he was reading it at that pace and it was just silence on the other phone because <laughs> this was back in the day when you could pick up every other phone in the house and listen to him so we're like yeah. oh for, for sure to, like let's, let's all listen in on this call and see how it's going it was basically <laughs> like all four of us right now listening in <laughs> 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 exactly like oh Poor try Mac. not to laugh oh. <laughs> poor mac that was heartbreaking oh. hey but she didn't shoot him down no she didn't it wasn't a no soft no yeah, yeah, it was uh, it was a compliment sandwich, but he never got two pieces of bread. He just got like the the opening, like, eh, and then the meat of it, like maybe, and then just no chips, no no soda, nothing, just, no know. sides. Yeah, nothing, dude. It was not. It was kind of a shit sandwich, if you want to be honest. <laughs> and then she moved away and out of his life. Yeah. yeah, moved to parts unknown. Who knows where they're at? You can't even find, dude. If you try to Google her name, because Mackenzie was trying to figure out like what she's up to now. She you can't even find her in Google, dude. She just doesn't I think, exist. I think our problem is we don't know how to spell Steinvik. <laughs> yeah. Who, who do we know that could that has a banger uh, yearbook that we could possibly refer back to her last name? <laughs> All four of us maybe, huh? <laughs> I don't I haven't owned a yearbook since I lived with my mother. What, you don't um, have your banker Bearcat yearbooks, dude? No, I am dying to find them. I don't even own like my high school yearbooks. My brother what? has my brother has a bunch of my stuff back home in Coos Bay that he just totes around with him when he moves and stuff. <laughs> so, um, he's got like some like debris of me. <laughs> um Yeah, the Steinvik's like my little brother was really good friends with her brother, Elaine. And yeah, they lived up the street from us. They were on like main court down the street from like the greens and the Del Paris. I think the Del Paris lived next. Did they? Did Jake? The lived, greens. The, the greens. greens camp, the Opelts. Right? Jake Opelts lived Jake, across the street. Yeah. I still uh, in contact with them. Um, yeah. There's, yeah. The, but they lived up there. They were, they were a fun family. I remember his dad worked for sauce brothers. Ed, his dad was Ed, big old tall dude. Like a, um, like a, 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 a California Sequoia. <laughs> I, think we, I think we figured out a great idea and that's we got to find lena and we got to get lena and mac on the podcast and they can talk oh man so, we need so, to wow, we need to really like, know how to do, we like, need to see what the hell happened that night an apb <laughs> needs to go out everybody just just find, find where you can find her ball now. yeah yeah <laughs> all points bulletin dude hey one quick thing about the lena thing my mom dude was crazy and she caught wind that mckenzie had a crush on lena so we, my mom used to take us for cruises in the car. We'd go get a big gulp or a Slurpee. So my mm -hmm. mom knew Brenda Steinsvik. They were friends. They were friendly from yeah. Banger. So my mom's like, oh, dude, I'm driving straight up into that little cultist <laughs> back up there. So where Linda's house lives. So my mom rolled all the windows down while Mike, me, McKenzie, and a couple other people were in my family's Jeep. She started blaring on the horn of the Jeep, <laughs> dude, and yelling, Linda! Lena, <laughs> come outside. Mackenzie loves you. And like just whipping donuts, dude, in that little <laughs> That is hilarious. Yeah, That's my awesome. mom put Mackenzie on blast that <laughs> night. She did. It's a bold move. Everybody yeah. loved it, but Mackenzie, obviously. But <laughs> that's that was one of the best memories of my mom. That was crazy, dude. She that's... like she heard immediately, like, oh Mackenzie likes Lena. We're going straight to Brenda's <laughs> house and we're gonna like put Mackenzie on blast. <laughs> I love uh, that is that is that is a great Sherry Vanover story. Yeah, that beautiful. is a fantastic one too. I think that would be fun to get to try to see if we can get 
McKenzie matched up again. Just to... <laughs> you're just like uh, one of those drama shows where like, let's match them up. It's been <laughs> 20 years. Let's see what they have to say about each other. <laughs> what if? What if she married the guy from the skating rink? Yeah, that's, that's, that's the whole thing. We think maybe it happened. She's got like 19 kids with the dude, and like, just... and they, they they own a skating rink, dude. They all. <laughs> They don't have a car. They just rollerblade places together. Well, we just happen to have her right now. Let's bring her on. <laughs> All of a sudden, she jumps in the chat, dude. A mid screen pops up right below us. Oh, gosh. She's that just the freaking best. haggard and exhausted from rollerblading for 20 years in a row. Oh, my gosh. Oh. Ryan, dude, you got anything else on junior high? You guys, Anybody else got anything? I'm, I have a, a small story. All right. Um, seventh grade, there was a bad girl that liked me, and this already sounds she, awesome. Keep going. Oh uh, yeah, she would write me notes and like you know fold them up all cool and all that stuff. You know the original text messaging, and uh, she would talk about how she always had. She was like she would basically be explaining to me in this note. She wanted to kiss me, and she had a nick fit. Like she was smoking cigarettes, and. So like, they would do like random locker inspections sometimes. She made me hold her pack of fucking marbles. <laughs> like what? Oh, in junior high? Yes. Oh. The story gets better, fellas. <laughs> so my mom catches when I'm hanging out with a bad girl that has a crush on me. She ma- wakes up me and Delmar to take us to Coquille to go watch court. Like we watched adult court and then like minors. Okay. And guess who is there in the minors court? <laughs> Bad girl that has a crush on me. She turns around and goes, what are you doing here? I said, I don't know. Like, <laughs> I don't know my mom brought me here. Yeah. Trying to scare me straight. <laughs> like, Dude. So, well, yeah. That was fun. Good times right there. <laughs> I think I think random locker expe- inspection for Alex would be a nightmare. That guy would be there telling me, "Okay, son, open up your locker." I, I, don't, I don't know my combo. <laughs> yeah, I don't know my combination, dude. I have no idea. What are you Nothing trying to hide? There, yeah, they're like, "What are you trying to hide, Vanover?" I'm like, "Uh, that I'm dumb. I don't know." <laughs> There's a dust bunny that's been in there since '96. You're good. Somebody, hey, somebody stacked my locker like months prior, but they're still waiting for me to open it. But I'm so dumb. I don't know my combo. <laughs> he's just like three months later he's like huh? <laughs> just waiting never happens oh, yeah I only remember the locker inspection happening like once in seventh grade and once in eighth grade and I think it was because like there was suspicion of someone having something dude uh, you know uh, so flash forward to high school this is a hundred percent factual story you guys remember Jonathan Bates and Joe Barber at all from yeah. high yep. school? Yeah. Yep. Bates was tall. Bates like six five, big dude. Barber's like five six, little guy, dude. Yep. Um, they shared a locker, and for some reason, I don't know why my locker was in the science hall, so it was like in the sophomore hall, yeah. right? But I think I was a junior. Anyway, to make a long story short, my locker is right next to Bates and Barber's locker. Now I'm out of class a little bit early, and I can smell brownies cooking. Like brownies. I can smell brownies in the science hall, dude. I, I'm i like, what the hell is that smell? Bates and Barber show up. They open their locker, dude. I hear a ding. Bates had an easy-bake oven in his locker, dude. He was <laughs> making brownies. 
I'm telling the truth, <laughs> sounds man. like Bates. Yeah. Bates had an easy <laughs> game on the blocker. He was making a pan of brownies, dude. <laughs> I as a, as a like, sophomore. <laughs> I heard he's like writing movies or something or did something with film. Bates was on Dr. Phil because he lost like 200 pounds. Dude, Bates is jacked. Bates is like swole. Wait, right so now. he was on Dr. Phil. Like, we could look Phil, that up. You could look it up. Jonathan Bates was on, on Dr. Phil. <laughs> yeah. And, dude, I, I actually remember the quote from that in the comments. Dom, <laughs> Dom, dude, check this out. He's like, now, we got Jonathan Bates here on the show. Damn, Dr. <laughs> Phil. I got my son, Jay. He's a cut-up. He's a cut-up with family. He tells jokes. Anyway, this is Jonathan Bates, okay? He, uh, he lost 200 pounds. And anyway, we're going to bring on Alex Vanover, who had a locker next to him, okay? And he's going to tell everybody, okay, that he made brownies, okay, during during high school, okay? Tune in at 3 o'clock. Don't be a donor. Be a doer, okay? That episode, dude, that's verbatim what happened. I remember that, dude. That, and Bates showed up and made brownies for the studio audience. And uh, it was a hell of a show. It was like how to cook brownies in three easy steps. I'm telling you, dude, he had a full sheet, dude, and they weren't the crappy brownies. They had a nice little buttery top. Uh, <laughs> Barber's uh, Barber's job was to get the milk, dude, but I had already drinking all of them at Bankers, so we had no milk <laughs> for the brownies. Now, I think those boys were from Hauser also. Oh, good, yeah. dude. Well, they knew what was up. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's Those Hauser folks, I swear. <laughs> Mike, yeah. Yes. North Bend is snobby. <laughs> Listen to us. North Bend is snobby. Nah, we're, oh, dude, this episode is actually going to be longer than the Titanic, but it's all right. <laughs> this, Ryan, I think this is a two-parter for sure. Uh, well, we don't have any – we don't have a cut in it. Uh, <laughs> it's a three-part miniseries. This Wait, is a so we're just going to have to go with it and do another one between <laughs> – Hey. We'll make it a super long one. <laughs> I'll, I'll tell you just just how important those two years were. It's weird because a lot of kids, I you know, as we all talk to people, like they all say, "Oh, middle school, middle school." They had sixth, seventh, and eighth. Right? Well, no, we had that quick junior high jump. Pow, pow. Straight in high oh, school. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Throw to the wolves. <laughs> you, you kind of set your friends up for high school in junior high. That's where we all kind of got together and got to know each other and kind of combine friend groups and all hang out at Mackenzie's house all the time. All the I, poor Nancy. She, I just probably didn't <laughs> sleep for at least six years, but it, it just, it, it was such a fun time for all of us. And I can, I mean, there's of all these stories, there's hundreds more. I mean, and if you invited some of the other friends and there's more that they'll remember and we'll yeah. charge our memory, but it, they were fun times. That's for sure. I definitely, sorry. Good times. Good times. <laughs> good times. Good times, gang. Right. How much how much would it cost to get the theme from their show Good Times? <laughs> uh, dude, probably a lot more than we're making what? at teespring.com. I can tell you that <laughs> we we can you, you can take that money, maybe get it like for a year and just be like, Hey, I just I got the show. We just want to use the song. <laughs> that I think it'd be, be fun the most expensive bass riff to get of any in history. Cause you think of all the major songs that have used that like rappers delight. Dynamite. 
good times. Yeah. <laughs> well, there was the Good Times TV show too. With that's what uh, I was talking about. Yeah. Yeah. Good times. Yes, yes. I watched Dude Good Times. I I related to that show because they were broke as a joke, and so were we. So I like definitely <laughs> related to that. In a child line, good times. <laughs> we always do have our own TV show. Yeah, you're on it right now. This is a yeah. special three and a half hour edition of Good Times. It's not a season finale. It's not a season premiere. It is just a middle of the road episode. But it has to be longer than. Yeah, this is episode 31, dude. And this episode is actually longer than Junior High was itself <laughs> on Junior High. This is longer than all our other episodes combined times oh. 20. Oh, my gosh. Ryan, dude, in the show, dude, we got another show to film. In the show. <laughs> hey. show in the show. Uh, thanks for watching, everybody, listening. Uh, we really appreciate it. Thanks for being part of the Good Times Gang. And if you haven't already, be sure to hit the subscribe or follow button. And, uh, you know, in, in uh, YouTube, it's the notification bell. Bing, bing, bing. Hit that thing. All right. Uh, be sure to follow uh, Papa Dom over on uh, Instagram. The Gram. Is it Papa Dom, right? Papa Dom the Beard. Papa Obviously. Dom the Beard, baby. Go follow. So follow a, too, dude. There's a story about that. I met an English lady. Sorry to take, I'm going to take a short amount of time. <laughs> I met this English lady at a bar. She goes, by George, that's a majestic beard. May I caress it? I said, absolutely. Excuse me. Um, and she goes, I've got a nickname for you. And I was like, well, I'll go by DJ Dom. I was like at a plateau in my DJ career. She goes, I want to call you Papa Dom, the beard. And I reinvented myself. And Nina Paulson, wherever you are, thank you so much because it brought <laughs> spirit back to me. And I, I mean, yeah, follow it on the IG, Papa Dom, the beard. Amateur Hammerker right here. All right. Hey, Ryan, does Mike have anything to plug? What do you got, oh, Mike? yeah, Mike, you got anything to plug? No, I don't have any social media. But if anybody would like to reach me, go through Alex. He's my proxy. <laughs> I'm Ruben Pepper's proxy. <laughs> All right, everybody. Thanks for listening. Goodbye. Mahalo. Good <laughs> New episodes of Good Times with Alex and Ryan are released every Sunday and Wednesday morning. You can follow the show on Twitter at good underscore times underscore pod. You've just listened to a Good Times production. <laughs>